Welcome back to the IDM Podcast, guys. Thank you for joining. It's Marco here. Let's get started. All right, everybody. I hope you guys are having a phenomenal day so far. It's Monday. I, I wanted to sit down and make this quick podcast because, you know, I saw we got a couple of reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, so this pod, or this review here is from Marketers 101, IDM Podcast. Great podcast. I'd recommend it. I appreciate you, Marketers 101, whoever you are. Uh, we have four five-star reviews, uh, 65 listeners so far. So I appreciate every single one of you guys uh, tuning in and uh, finding some value in the podcast here. So this one's going to be about... SEO, so search engine optimization, and basically it's going to be a 21-point list uh, for an SEO checklist. So it's a complete SEO checklist, and we actually have a blog to go along with this. And so I hope you guys find a lot of value in this one. We're going to be embedding this into the the, uh, blog here on on intricatedigital.com. So it's going to be slash SEO dash checklist. So you guys can check out the blog portion as well. So let's just jump straight into it. So the first one is going to be install uh, Yoast SEO. So of course Yoast is for WordPress and and uh, this this uh, blog or this topic is primarily tailored towards WordPress sites. And so, you know, of course I recommend this, this podcast. Don't stop listening if you don't have a WordPress site. But, you know... This podcast is going to be primarily for WordPress sites and it's tailored towards WordPress. So the first one is install Yoast SEO. So Yoast SEO is basically the best WordPress SEO plugin on the market. It offers a complete website optimization tool that helps you improve your website. So that was that's from WP Beginner. And so they highly recommend Yoast. I highly recommend Yoast for all of my clients' sites on WordPress. We use Yoast SEO. It just... It dominates the market when it comes to the capabilities uh, within Yoast and what it all includes. And so, you know, it, we could go a whole 45 minutes talking about Yoast SEO, but at the, at the at the end of the day, Yoast SEO is basically the on-page optimization for your WordPress site. So that's, you know, for your archives, your blogs, your tags, your categories, your pages, which is so crucial, uh, is optimizing that metadata for, you know, your entire WordPress site. So the second one's going to be sitemap creation. So this is a second tip here. Creating a sitemap is so important. And if you're following step one, Yoast SEO actually automatically creates a sitemap. And obviously you customize what enters that sitemap and what doesn't enter that sitemap. So you know, from, from an SEO perspective, you want to ensure that you create a sitemap and you submit that sitemap to Google Search Console. So Google finds your, you know, your website links and what to index and what not to index. The third tip, see, we're kind of flying through here is get Google Analytics. And I know a lot of you guys are familiar with Google Analytics, but all in all, you know, Google Analytics is the best analytical uh, source of data for your website. So you can use Ahrefs, SEMrush, but those are only going to give you an estimate of your organic traffic. But Google Analytics is going to directly uh, correlate to how many visitors are on your website. And so ultimately, you're going to get you know the most accurate data and ultimately have something to back yourself on when you when you have a, a decision to make. Uh, and then obviously make a wise decision based on that data. So, again, how you can go ahead and set up Google Analytics is actually very easy. You create a Google Analytics account with your Google Gmail account, 
and simply copy that tracking code and put it into your theme editor or else you know you download the plugin and you and you put in the tracking ID so it's very self-explanatory and, and it's going to save you a lot of um, it's going to save you a lot of time if you just simply set this up and uh, start collecting that data for your website even when you don't even when you don't have as many visitors too many visitors I mean it's just it's just uh, very important to set this up so then when you do hire an SEO or, or a marketer down the road, they have some data to look at. So it's very important. And within this blog post here, there's actually a video embedded, so you might want to check that out as well. So it's it's uh, just a little tutorial by WP Beginner going over some of the components of Google Analytics. So I'm, I'm not going to get too far into that. So the fourth thing is Google Search Console setup. So Google Search Console is underestimated by many people. If you have Google Search Console set up correctly, you already have a massive advantage over other sites on the search engine results page because Google directly knows exactly what pages to rank and, and obviously just has that relationship going with Google. And so another massive component of Google Search Console is that you're able to basically monitor your website's speed, mobile usability, indexing, and other errors. And so it's very important to monitor this and make sure that you're up to date and, and to ensure that you don't have any like indexing issues or you know errors or manual actions on your website. And obviously the main component I mentioned earlier was you know submitting a sitemap that came from the Yoast SEO plugin, putting that into your search console to, to ensure that Google is going to rank uh, every one of your pages that you want ranking. So it's very important to get Search Console. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's pretty easy to set up. Again, it's pretty similar to Google Analytics. Basically create the Search Console account uh, and then verify it that it's your domain. Uh, there's four different ones. I use the meta one all the time. But anyways, do that and then set that up and you'll be good to go. So the next section here is keyword analysis. And so... You know, what is keyword analysis? Keyword analysis is basically originally called keyword research. I call it analysis because there's more to it than just simply research. And so you're researching specific keywords that your prospects are searching for your products or services. And so with keyword analysis, there's a few different steps that I would recommend. And of course, we can go on and on and on about different steps. But these are just kind of the main ones that I brought to mind when I was writing this list because I actually wrote this article. And so let's jump straight into that. So the first one is find target keywords. And so when you, when you, you know, when you're introduced to an SEO campaign, it's ultimately, you know, what are we targeting? Because that's basically the metric you're going to look at is where are we ranking? How many clicks are we getting? All right. Is it relevant? What are the people doing once they click on the website? And so finding that target keyword is so crucial. And there's a few different tools that we use to find the target keyword, like href, SEMrush, and obviously just Google Alphabet Swoop as well, just going on Google and searching, starting to search the term, and then it just auto-selects one. And so there's a few different ways again, but you know, pick whatever one you feel is most accurate for yourself. Finding your target keyword is 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 all about you know, implementing an optimization strategy to get better results. So you can optimize your metadata, actually focus on what matters and what doesn't matter. And so there's a lot that goes into this. And so let's move, keep moving here. So the sixth one here is understanding searcher's intent. So understanding the searcher intent will get you a long ways because 
I guess, for example, on TechRadar, they mentioned that they have established themselves as the expert in many fields. You know, they go beyond just answering the first question. And so when you talk about searcher intent, if you have an article like, what is SEO? You know, you write a thorough response on search engine optimization, right? What is it? Now, you, you want to continue and add more meat to that article, if you will, and write sub-questions. So, you know, write questions that people might be asking after you give them the answer to what is SEO. So, there's a lot put into this and to searcher intent, but just understanding the fundamentals of what searcher's intent is will give you a better understanding of what kind of content needs to be written to get rankings to you know in order to get those rankings to rank because you know obviously the google algorithm is all about engagement and you know people actually finding value in your content and we're specifically talking about blogs pages and posts here so we're not really talking about videos we're just talking about content on a website now, from an on-page SEO perspective, there's a few tips here. The first one is permalink structure. So if you're new to WordPress or you just created a new WordPress or whatever, make sure that your permalink structure is set up. So if you go to your settings, permalinks, make sure that you have post name selected. This is so important because you want to ensure that each of your pages are customized with permalinks. Now, you don't have too long permalinks, but you want to have them concise and thorough so they're not you know, a bunch of numbers, a bunch of random numbers. Obviously, you know, Google takes permalinks very important. Uh, people see this within the search engine results pages. So you want to ensure that your permalinks are relevant to that page or post. So, for example, on my blog about what is SEO, the permalink is what dash is dash SEO. And so Google, not only the visitor, you'll be able to see that and see, hey, look, this is relevant to the actual content. So that's very important to ensure that your permalink structure is up to date. Now, for example, if you have a service page on a roofing company site and the service is roof replacements, you want to ensure that it's domain.com slash roof replacements rather than some really long permalink. You want to keep it concise. You want to keep it short at most a few words and uh, ultimately you know, keep it uh, easy to read easy to understand, and then ultimately relevant. So relevancy is almost the most important component there. And uh, Yoast SEO, by the way, does a great, does a phenomenal job with permalink. So you would, you would be able to just edit the slug tag there, and that's basically the permalink. And when you submit it to, you know, publish the post or the page, basically that slug is going to be overriding the, the permalink, and it's going to be added. So uh, that's going to be really easy for you to uh, use there. So the eighth one is change title and meta description. So chances are your post or you know page name is is different than what you want the visitors to see on Google. So I mean usually you know when you name a page or a post, you name it because that's what you recognize it as, not as what your visitors are recognizing it as. So Yoast SEO allows you to edit the metadata. So that's the SEO title and the meta description. And so you ultimately want to add you know a thorough title tag and I, I you know we could talk for <laughs> I mean hours about you know how to to title your your uh, title tags and meta descriptions but at the end of the day you want to ensure that you know you you have 
a complete and and concise title that's easy to read, that's eye appealing, so it has a good click through rate. And meta description is the same way; it needs to be relevant, and ultimately has to ha be eye catching so people click on it. So, for example, on this blog post about a complete SEO checklist, basically what we've named it as is a complete SEO checklist. And then we do colon a 21 point list explained and then dash, you know, site name. And then the slug, of course, or the permalink is just SEO dash checklist because that's kind of our target keyword, if you will. Now, for this blog in specific, you know, we can see that we customize the title tag. The title of the blog is not that. It's, it's a little bit different. Now, we customize it to that because we feel like we're gonna get the highest click-through rate using that. And ultimately, having a high click-through rate is gonna bring you towards the top of the searches results pages. So having a good title tag and spending some time with a meta description to ensure that you know your, your, your meta description is relevant to the actual content actually answers the question then you're going to you know be able to get better rankings now yoast seo has this this uh their own like system within yoast here that's uh they have like their color grade and basically what it is is if it's not green then it's showing that you you have improvements and i don't necessarily follow this all the time but there is some cases where the title tag if it's completely green then i know i have a good one so that's something you want to look into and do more research on is is those color grades and what they think that that, that, that includes there so the next one is header tag structure. I know we're kind of going one and one and one over these, but uh, header tag structure. So organizing your content primarily in blogs is very important. You want to ensure that you know your your header tags, whether it's H1, H2, H3, H4, are going to be all in order and it, it, it flows in chronological order. And so if we have like for example, the H1 on a blog post is going to be the post title. And so for this one, again, our H1 is just the SEO checklist, right, about the blog. And then H2 is going to be about, like, what is SEO, H2, H3, and then we go down. And uh, uh, theoretically, H4 is not as significant as H1. And so, you know, it's just very important to understand the header tag structure. So when you do start implementing blogs, when you do start implementing some of these content ideas into your website that you kind of pay attention because whenever I'm introduced to a new, you know, to a new website, I always see the header tag structure is kind of screwed up and then Google gets confused. And so it's, it's important just to ensure that's uh, looked at. Now, the next one is internal external linking. If you utilize internal and external linking when necessary, uh, you will not only achieve more authority, but you'll also get better rankings because you know you're going to get better navigation. People are going to be able to. You you have really good interlinking. When when they're on one blog post, they're going to click on it because they they're wondering what that word means. But it brings you to another blog post on that same website. Ultimately, bringing up the page views, bringing up engagement, and also providing more value, so you're ultimately getting better rankings. That one's pretty pretty easy to understand. But the eleventh one here is use a schema markup, and so schema markup is not very popular in today's uh, in 2020 here. So it's very important to utilize it, and it's free. So you know, only use schema markup where it makes sense. Authors, locations, and whatnot. There's more information on that. I'll leave below, but you know, if you're writing about a recipe, for example, 
user of view schema markup that will help the user understand if it's worth clicking and viewing that article because there's reviews. If there's five-star reviews on your schema markup, then people are more likely going to click on that. So it's very un important to understand that. Another massive one I utilize is frequently asked questions schema markup. It, it helps me optimize for featured snippets on blog posts. So if I write an article on how old is Google, and uh, in, in the schema markup, we add, uh, we do a frequently asked question or FAQ schema markup, we can see that we add you know, a question, how old is Google? And then write it in a paragraph. Where was Google founded? Write another paragraph. You know, who, who were the founders of Google? Write another paragraph. So we're able to optimize for featured snippets and, and hopefully right, get our blogs uh, featured in those featured snippets. Now, the next one is content strategy. I can't stress this section enough. There is not enough people taking advantage of blogging and writing nice content on the website. And so the first one is write compelling content. It seems pretty self-explanatory, but no one you know, wants to read boring articles nowadays. They, they want to be, in, they want to read interesting content, content that's appealing, and content that's worth reading because you know, I know, People are lazy nowadays and they're going to watch a video or they're going to read a blog post that's easy to understand. So you don't want to write a blog post that has a massive text boxes that you know take some years to find a specific question that they're or answer to the question they're wondering. So write compelling content. And that leads me into the next rule here is use numbers and headings. So you'll notice a lot of the blogs I write are like 21 point steps or 21 tips or you know, top 10 tips here, top 10 this, review, or whatever it is. Reason being is because people are more likely to click on an article that has a specific number of what they're looking for because it gives them a, an idea of what they need to know about that topic. And it, and, and I, I forgot the, the, the psycho psychological term to that, but reason being here is that people are more likely to click on an article that, that's like a numbered list rather than a random article and so it's very important to utilize numbers and headings where it's necessary. So the next section here is technical SEO. So this is one of the things I really focus on in every one of my SEO campaigns is the technical aspect of the website. And so, you know, uh, number 14 here is fixed crawling issues. And so you know, when I come to a website again, you know, there's a lot of things we look at. We do an initial site analysis. And within Search Console, there's a tab that's called Coverage. Within this module, you'll see your site's pages that have crawling errors. And I always see this come across. And basically, uh, you know, you want to ensure that your website doesn't have crawling errors like this. And so one of the errors I recently had one of the sites was blocked one of the, they had it one of the pages had a, a, a tag for blocking by robots txt and so this wasn't supposed to happen and not to get into why this happened but you know we want to ensure that we're monitoring search console to fix these crawling issues so we know what's going on with our website and how google is ranking it so i have this quick this quick uh, information from Cognitive SEO, 
It's, it's saying that cognitive SEO can crawl and perform in-depth site audits on all types of websites, so JavaScript generating sites included. And so they actually do a really good job of you know, crawling the website from a site analysis perspective and basically giving you an all-in-one uh, review there. So if you're interested, if you're a marketer out there, of course I do this as well, but if you're a marketer out there, Check out that tool. Uh, it's, it's really good. So number 15 here is make your site faster. And so, you know, site speed is definitely an important search engine optimization ranking factor in 2020. A lot of people will tell me this otherwise. But, you know, have you ever clicked on a website where it takes forever to load? Well, I click the back arrow every time that happens because I, I find no value in an article that never loads, doesn't load fast, or the images don't load. And so... You want to ensure that your website's response time is faster than your competitors, but you know as fast as you can get it in general. And so, if you're not speed optimizing, then you're losing on potential visitors, which is ultimately potential customers. And so, you know, if you're on WordPress again, I would recommend using a caching code minification image optimization plugin. I recommend WP Rocket. This is not a promotion by any means, but WP Rocket's a really good one that I use on, on a variety of my clientele sites. Uh, so definitely check out that speed optimization plugin and obviously optimize your website for a faster speed. Number 16 is mobile first site. So I have this quote here from Search Engine Land. We'll start out with that. So according to official Google statements, more than 50% of search queries globally now come from mobile devices. But we don't know whether the number is 51% or 60% or if it varies significantly by country. And so we know that more than 50, at least, we can conclude that more than 50, at least, by Search Engine Line, this is their study, is using mobile devices. And so most search queries, we can say most search queries are using mobile devices. And if your website is not mobile friendly, which I, I don't think this is a massive issue on WordPress websites because usually people are using a, uh, you know, a static theme that they found somewhere, or you know, maybe they had a, a developer develop their own that's mobile friendly. But all in all, you wanna ensure that your website is mobile friendly. So basically you wanna test this, go to the mobile, uh, just search on Google mobile website test and probably the first link there you'll see by Google. Run a t quick test and see, you know, if your website's mobile, it'll do a little analysis to figure out if it's mobile first. Or else, of course, you can reach out to someone like myself and, and we can check it out for you as well. So, number 17, make your site secure with HTTPS. So, if you're not familiar what the difference is between HTTPS and HTTP is, I have a blog on it, so I'll leave it below. Make sure you check it out. It's in, the, it's in the blog as well, so make sure you look at that. But you want to ensure that your website is secure with SSL, so your SSL certificate. And at the end of the day, it builds credibility, builds reputation, and obviously you get better rankings. Uh, some people say it's not a ranking factor, but I do indeed believe it is a ranking factor, a massive ranking factor, especially in 2020. You want to make sure that your website is secure. So the last section is off-site SEO. So number 19 is replicate competitor backlinks. This is something that uh, there's a lot of controversy about building backlinks, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to rank an article, if you're trying to 
you know, rank whatever you're trying to rank, whether it's a post, a page, or a image, make sure that you have backlinks. And one way to check is using a tool like Href or SEMrush. And why I say replicate your competitor backlinks, I don't necessarily mean, you know, reach out to people that are linking to their sites, but build backlinks based on how they built them. So if you look at theirs and they have a link from wired.com, for example, you want to ensure that you get a, you know, similarly authoritative backlink. And at the end of the day, it's really hard to build backlinks unless you have access to a bunch of sites. So my recommendation for you here is not to spend all your time on building those backlinks, but writing compelling content so people like those like wired.com are going to link to your website because chances are that's why they linked to your competitor's website. And so when I say replicate competitor backlinks, do a little research into the off-page SEO there, but, you know, figure out white hat SEO ways that you can do to, you know, build those backlinks organically. And so, of course, if you have access to Wired.com, then go there and give yourself a relevant backlink. But at the end of the day, not everybody has access to authoritative domains. The only leverage you have at that point is to network, one. Two, just write compelling, great content that answers questions. Trust me, you get links over time. So the 20th one here is guest blog. And so... For me, like I, I, I have guest blogging capabilities on, on many different blogging platforms, but you know, in your industry, depending on where, what industry you're in, check if there's any guest blogging opportunities. I would go on Google and search guest blogging, uh, and then just put you know your industry just after that, and then obviously Google is going to rank some websites that are offering guest blogging for that industry. From there, you want to write compelling content and provide it, and obviously, you know, follow the criteria for that specific page. So, check that out. Guest blogging is very important. Twenty-one. Last but not least, is utilize social media platforms, and I, I don't think you should waste too much of your time on social media, uh, but I would definitely recommend getting on LinkedIn. Definitely recommend getting on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, we can talk for hours about social media here. But get on medium.com, get anywhere you think that it's a great social media platform where your competitors are and anywhere that you can just promote the word and, and uh, show you know the visitors um, more about your guys' products and services. Social media is a great place, but it also can be a bad place. So make sure you utilize it correctly and uh, obviously utilize the right platforms as well. Look where your competitors are. That's the quick tip. Uh, but uh, that, that's my thoughts on social media uh, for this uh, short podcast here. So that finishes up the podcast. If uh, if you think I'm missing anything, I mean, I would appreciate a little comment. You know, I I, I know there's this is only 21 steps, but you know, I, I I wanted to just fit the most important ones, the ones that I feel like fit the most, and uh, ultimately the ones that uh, I thought were the most beneficial in this short amount of time. 
And uh, I'm going to be able to, you know, I'm again, I'm going to be looking at those reviews. Make sure you guys leave a review down on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Give a five-star review if you have not yet. And also, make sure you share this podcast. If you're a business owner, you're a client of mine, you know, reach out to your business owner friends. Send, send them the podcast. Just show them up, you know. Hey, say, this is a cool podcast. I learned this, this, and this. Uh, you know, check it out. I'm sure you could help. Uh, and then, obviously, if you're a marketer out there, I appreciate you guys staying in touch with my podcast here. And I love to hear you guys' feedback as well. With that being said, guys, I appreciate you guys staying tuned here.